hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join me today. I hope you had a great holiday weekend. Hopefully you were able to get out, enjoy yourself, enjoy the weather. Summer always seems to go by way too quick for me. Before we get started today, I have just a couple of housekeeping items. First, as I mentioned last week, we're holding an event. It's next Wednesday, the 12th. And it's at Wexler's Auction House from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. They're going to be giving us a sneak peek at one of their upcoming auctions. And they're also going to be talking about the current market trends in diamonds and estate jewelry. So it's pretty interesting. If you have a piece that you want to evaluate it, well, you can bring that along too. So again, that's next Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. If you'd like to come, just let us know. Go to XMLFG.com. Once again, it's XMLFG.com, and you'll see the registration page there. We're also going to be lending our support to the next generation of entrepreneurs, and I'm excited about this. We're going to be out at the Montgomery County, Maryland Children's Business Fair. We'll be helped judging this year's competition. It's kids from six years old to 15. And they put together their business ideas and they're going to be putting them on display for everyone to see. Should be fun. Come out, show your support. It's Saturday the 22nd from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's at the Rockville Town Square. And if you're there, make sure, make sure you say hello. And just like these young business folks want to be successful, there's a lot of folks who want to be successful when it comes to their investments. Today, I want to spend some time on philosophy. We'll come back to market specifics next week. But today, I want to talk a little bit about philosophy, and I want to give you one concrete idea that you can take away and research on your own to see if it's appropriate for you, see if it might find a spot in your portfolio. You know, there are folks who dream of discovering a way to divine the market tops and bottoms. They want to know where the bottom is. They want to know where the top is. They want to find the next big thing and get in before anyone else. They dream about learning the big secret to investing that no one else knows. They dream about financial independence, not having to work for a living or having as much money as they'll ever need. Yet, how many people are willing to put in the time, the effort, and the energy into achieving these dreams? Well, as it turns out, not a whole lot. There's an annual survey done by Tiacraft. They're a big retirement house and investment firm. Anyhow, they had a survey out that showed Americans spent more time planning a purchase of a flat screen TV than they did making their IRA investment. And that's kind of shocking, isn't it? But I know that's not you because you're tuned in and you're listening. So Obviously, you're doing some planning and investing along the way. So over this weekend, I spent some time thinking about what all the great investors have in common. Why are they successful? What traits do they have? What do they have in common? 
And what can we learn from them? First of all, in my opinion, too many investors are focused on the short run. There are tons of financial websites that you can visit or articles that you can read that will inevitably tell you what sector you need to be focusing on and investing in now or what stock is going to go up today. They focus mainly on which sector or which stock that they think is going to stand out in the short term. What I'd strongly suggest is that it's more important to be diversified. Diversification helps eliminate excess risk and it keeps you from having too much money in the wrong place. On top of diversification, you also need to know the underlying fundamentals of the companies that you're buying. This is critical. You can't invest in individual stocks unless you understand what the companies do. Those two things are extremely important to your long-term success in the market. Now, I said that diversification and focusing on fundamentals is critically important to being a successful investor over the long term. I actually think something else is even more important, and that's developing a successful investor mindset. Here's a thought for you. Focus on the things that successful investors do right and not on what unsuccessful investors do wrong. Focusing on mistakes doesn't necessarily help you find the cure for the problem, but studying the traits of successful investors may help you develop some of those characteristics. I thought about people like Sir John Templeton and Ben Graham, Warren Buffett, uh, Bill Rowane, and others. And I came up with a short list of traits or behaviors that I saw and that I think may be of some use to you. First, good investors know the difference between making an investment and buying a lottery ticket. Buying a stock doesn't necessarily make you an investor. There's a big difference between an investor and a speculator. And I've talked about this many times before. An investor doesn't buy stocks to trade them. An investor buys them to harvest the fruit that they'll bear in the future. And the fruit being the increasing dividends that a company is going to pay out over time and the capital appreciation you might get from owning a fine quality company. Keep in mind, an investor is buying a piece of a real business, not just a piece of paper or some sort of digital entry. If you're buying stock in a company that you don't understand, or if you don't know the things like who their competitors are or how their business works, then you're probably speculating. I suggest you approach it as if you had enough money to buy the whole company. You want to buy a good business that's making money, not one that you're going to have to keep pumping money into with the hopes that, well, someday it'll pay off. Some people do well at speculating, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you just have to realize that that's what you're doing. Again, making an investment and buying a lottery ticket are two very different things. Number two, good investors don't panic. They don't panic. They don't panic when markets get volatile, and they don't let their emotions rule them. Okay. Let's assume you've done your research on a particular company. This, of course, involves doing the proper fundamental research 
And that doesn't include having heard someone on a podcast or the financial news channel mention that, hey, this stock is ready to break out of a cup and handle chart formation or something along those lines. So you do your research and you buy a stock for your portfolio and then the market drops or some analyst downgrades the stock and it takes a big hit. Do you get nervous and sell it because you think the stock's history? If so, you're probably reacting to market opinion and perhaps not a real change in the underlying fundamentals of the company that you bought. Speculators, well, they trade on market opinion and it's important to them because they're anticipating only being in the stock for a short period of time. And in the short run, market opinion can and does move a stock. But the investors, well, they've done their research. They know what the company does and they plan on being in the stock for a long period of time. So most of the time, investors should just ignore the market opinion, the short-term movements, assuming business fundamentals haven't changed. Now, psychologically and emotionally, that's hard to do. I know it's really hard to do. Thus, to be a successful investor, you have to condition yourself to know how to react in these kinds of situations so that fear doesn't kick in and you sell a great company at the wrong time. Before great investors buy a piece of a business, they're going to look at it over the last 5, 10, or even 15 years. An investor is going to look at the performance, the competitors, the industry, and they're going to try and estimate what the business is going to be making in five years. And then he or she will buy a piece of the business when the price is considered to be a good deal relative to the future growth and value of that business. Just because the market drops doesn't mean anything if the business hasn't changed at all. For example, if Pepsi goes up $4 one day and down $4 the next day, that doesn't mean that Pepsi sold more Pepsi one day and less Pepsi the next. Good investors will look at the fundamentals and let that be their guide. If the business is still on track and the market is mispricing the security, well, then you might be presented with an opportunity. That's what we do. Of course, we look at the big picture, but 90% of our focus is going to be on fundamentals. And by doing it this way, we really only have two big decisions to make. Number one, is this a great business? And number two, what price do we want to buy it at? So you found a great business and you bought it at what you think is a reasonable price. Now what? Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to have to step away and take a break here for a minute. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. Now what? We're also going to be talking about one of my favorite stocks. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. And we are back in just a moment. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. 
Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to today's edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join us today. Before we went to the break, we were talking about the traits that successful investors have. And I was going through a couple of them. And let's just jump right back into where we left off. You found a great business and you bought it at what you think is a reasonable price. Now what? Well, successful investors know when to sell. That's a critically important point too. Most people who manage their own portfolios think that the buying part of investing isn't all that hard. They can research and figure out if they're interested in a company. And while the buy price may be a little bit harder to figure out, for most people, the hardest part is figuring out when to sell. People usually do one of two things. Either they never sell and they end up holding on to a a bunch of stocks that should have been sold because, well, the business fundamentals had deteriorated over time and they've had a major decline in the stock price or they sell too much. In order to be successful, you have to know the appropriate time to sell. Many speculators are going to tell you to use stop losses to limit the downside. That sounds good, but that's not what happens. Let's suppose you bought a stock because someone's brother's cousin's uncle said you should. And at the same time, you said, you know what? I'm going to be real smart about this. I'm going to put in a stop loss at about 20% below where I bought it because I really don't know anything about the company. I'm just taking their word for it. That way I can go on vacation. I'm not going to have to worry about it. Well, a few days after you bought the stock, the stock gets downgraded and goes kaboom. A 20% decline on a stock isn't unheard of, but you know what? You're out because you had the stop loss in place and you're thinking, well, it could have been worse. It could have been down 50%, right? But does that make sense for high quality companies? If Berkshire Hathaway dropped by 20%, I wouldn't be a seller. I wouldn't be a mindless seller. I'd be a buyer, more than likely. I think most successful investors would agree you need to sell discipline, just not stop loss orders. So how do successful investors know when to sell some or or all of the stock that they own? Well, one strategy is to sell some when it reaches a price that is fully or maybe even overvalued relative to its long-term five or 10-year valuation. So if a company moves up to a point where it's fully valued or overvalued relative to its long-term valuation, it might be a good idea to take some money off the table. That doesn't necessarily mean that you sell it all. If it's a great company and its underlying fundamentals are sound, a smart investor will probably want to stay in it for the long term because, hey, this thing's going to grow for the next 20 years. But if the company has temporarily gotten overvalued, well, some of that money could be redeployed into a better opportunity. I suggest it's better to have your sell strategy in place at the time that you buy the stock so you know what you're doing in the future. Successful investors are patient. Good investors take their time getting into ownership of a business, and they're usually reluctant to sell out of it very quickly. 
And there's a story about Warren Buffett owning a company that uh, was bought out by another company. And this buyout would have given him something like an immediate 25% profit. Bought it one day, it's going to get taken out the next. Boom, 25%. Great. Well, a couple of his employees noted that Warren didn't seem real happy about this. And Buffett's response was, you don't seem to understand. It took me a long time to find this business that we're invested in, which is going to give us a good long-term return for the next, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. And it's going to take me a long time to find another business that meets the same qualities to replace the one that I'm losing today for a quick 20, 25% return. That's how an investor thinks. They're looking for a sustained long-term return on investment. They buy businesses at a valuation that allows them the strong possibility of winning over time. They don't pay outrageous prices for the businesses that they want to own. They'll wait for the markets to price the stock at a good value. Good value is one that, relative to the business potential, makes it a lot more likely that they're going to reap the rewards from the growth over time. In other words, they're patient. And lastly, I find successful investors are realists. They understand that it's very difficult to sustain top-notch performance over a long period of time. And they don't pretend that they can outperform an index or a benchmark every year, year in and year out, nor do they really try. What they do try to do is make suitable investments based on their future needs and allow those investments to compound over time. That's what we do. I'm more of an absolute manager rather than a relative manager. In other words, we develop a long-term plan and build a portfolio to exceed that plan over the next 20 or 30 years. Not a portfolio that's going to try and outperform some benchmark every month or every quarter. To sum it up, great investors are ones that know the difference between making an investment and buying a lottery ticket. They don't panic. They know when to sell. They're patient and they're realist. Those are some traits that hopefully you can think about and maybe learn from, take away, and hopefully that helps you. Let's talk about a stock that we've been buying and one that you may want to look at for your portfolio. I started talking about this stock uh, back in February and mentioned it again, maybe one other time, but I wanted to come back to it because it looks real interesting to me. Remember, you need to do your own research and I suggest that you take a look at it to see if it's right for you. And the stock is CarMax, symbol KMX. Right now, it's trading around $78. CarMax has, uh, CarMax has a pretty unique business model. There, there have been a few good companies that have tried to replicate what CarMax has done, but they haven't been quite able to pull it off. CarMax is the nation's largest used car retailer. They go out and buy used cars and they recondition them and they sell them in the used car markets, mostly retail. The cars that don't meet the CarMax standard, well, they get sold off through the wholesale auctions. And the mix is about 85% retail and about 15% wholesaling. And there are a number of reasons why I like CarMax. Number one, you can walk into a CarMax and you get this 
transparent car buying experience. I hate going to a car dealer because I'm afraid I'm going to spend hours there with the salesperson constantly telling me they'll go check with their manager and see what they can do on the price. Yeah, I I just like the experience. I know that when I go into CarMax, it's going to be pretty straightforward. It's going to be pretty easy. There's, There's not going to be any of this endless haggling over price. You have this quick trade in in appraisals and they make an offer on every appraisal. It's just a completely different experience. I think that they have a superior business model compared to their competitors. The second reason is right now they're in 55 U.S. markets and they estimate that they have about 5% of the market share in the markets that they serve. So there's a lot of opportunity there for expansion. And I think they're only about halfway built out across the U.S., so they could maybe double their locations over the next several years. They only have about 3% of the total market, and they're capturing an ever-increasing share of the markets that they're in. The third reason is that they're profitable in every market they're in. So they have a replicable, scalable business model. And of course, there's always the valuation part of it too. This year, I think they're going to earn about $5. I'm sorry. Next year, I think they're going to earn about $5, $5 a share. And with the share price at about $78, that means they're trading about 15 times earnings, 15 times next year's earnings. They haven't been this cheap since 2009, 2010, during the depths of the financial recession. Over the last five years, Earnings have grown at better than 13.5% per year on average. And the reason that they can grow their earnings like this is because they have a better operating system that's built to leverage its unique information advantage to buy and sell at profitable, uh, profitable prices. Basically, they know more about their business and markets than anyone else. I think it's a buy under $76. That's symbol KMX CarMax. I tell you, that's about all we have time for today. We'll be back next Wednesday. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.